Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. It's Jean Le Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. Well, hello, hello. A little regroup session for everyone. Six to seven games into Big Ten conference play, and it seems like the right time to drop another go big or go home. Oh, Robbie, I, I was late. Oh, I was party. I'm sleeping here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we do it again? Can we do it again? Let's do it okay. again. Six to seven games into Big Conference play, and it seems like the right time to drop another go big. Or go, go home. home. There we are in MVC Sports Podcast, diving into all the latest Big Ten hoops news and notes. I'm Zora Stevenson, play-by-play broadcaster, has been Hooper. Joining us today, Megan McEwen, former Northwestern women's basketball player. She now calls games as an analyst. Robbie Hummel went to Purdue, one of the all-time greats as a Boilermaker. We're going to start with the State of the Union. Robbie, men's side will go first. Wisconsin number one in the Big Ten. Uh, a half a game behind them is Purdue, who just came off a big win at Indiana. You were on the call for that. In what ways did Purdue execute execute the game plan, plan properly? Well, you know, certainly Indiana's foul trouble really played a big part in that game. And I, I thought that they were just, you know, very handsy, grabby, and the refs called it tight. And Purdue lived at the foul line, and, and Mackenzie and Baco and Khalil Ware getting those two fouls in the first half, really, really impacted the way the game was going. But I, I did think that Purdue did a really nice job of kind of playing to their game plan of letting certain guys shoot. You know, They, they were going to go under Trey Galloway and make him prove that he could make some shots from three, which in the second half he did. You know, He really rose to the occasion and tried to bring them back. Uh, but they, they were going to let Gabe Cup shoot. They were going to let Anthony Walker shoot. They were going to show multiple bodies and trap Malik Renu, who I think is one of the most improved players uh, in the Big Ten Conference. But once once Mbaco and Ware were out in foul trouble, they, they really had their way. And Zach Eady has you – know, he, he dominated the game with, with his size, his physicality, and the way that he, he just got to the foul line. Yeah, I was watching uh, some of the highlights from that game. Noah Eagle was on the call, and he goes, so-and-so tried to climb Mount Eady. Like, <laughs> um, and it didn't work out too well. Do, yeah. do, do people – I mean, what's the best way when you're on offense and Eady is go around him? Because you're not going to go over him. Right. Yeah, I mean, you've got to use your quickness and your agility because he and he's really improved at that. When I think when he first got to Purdue, now you're talking about a kid that was ranked in the 400s in his class, which is pretty amazing considering he's about to be the the back to back National Player of the Year, and the only people that have done that are you know Ralph Sampson and, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and, and Bill Walt. I mean, you're talking about the elite bigs that we've ever seen in the men's game in, in college basketball. So. Um, I think, yeah, you're you're trying to to go around him. You're trying to uh, to certainly get him off balance. 
but he's he's really come a long way in terms of his rim protection, and I think that that's what's going to give him a chance to. You know, I'm not saying it's a lock that he'll he'll make it in the NBA, but I think that the, with the way he's improved, whether that's guarding in space or protecting the rim, he, he will get a look at the next level. I think defense is going to come up uh, for some of the best players in the country, right? I mean, Zach Eady um, and what he can do on that end. And so many people talk about his offense, but what he can do defensively. And then Megan, I'm sure I'm going to get into Caitlin <laughs> Clark and how she's sneaky good defensively. Um, To wrap things up on the men's side of Robbie, what is Assembly Hall like? I've never been there. I- I'm going to go oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's a pretty special building, you know, and I I think that in the state of Indiana, we're very fortunate. um, And I say we're because I was I was born in Valparaiso. Very fortunate to have Mackey Arena and Assembly Hall, which I would say are two of the best venues in all of college basketball. You know, I'd put Allen Fieldhouse in there. I think Cameron Indoor probably has to be in that discussion. There's a couple others, but I would feel extremely confident in saying that Mackey and Assembly Hall are two of the elite places to watch a college basketball game Um, I think back to when I was playing and you know you'd come out of that tunnel and you're two hours before the game starts and it's packed you know and and you're getting yelled at you're getting heckled Um, and Purdue they they return the favor when Indiana comes to West Lafayette but the noise of that place I, I will never forget we played there my junior year and we were a top five team and Indiana was transitioning into the start of the Tom Crean era so they had a freshman Jordan Holes they had a freshman Christian Watford Good players, but but really young. And I will never forget Jordy Holes made a three to take the lead by one. And it was with like five minutes to go. And we took a timeout. And I remember thinking like, it is so loud in here that I can hardly even in, you know, form a thought. It, it, is, it is overwhelmingly loud um, for big games. It is an incredible place to see a game. And uh, we were fortunate to then go on a, like an 8-2 run to win the game. But... It is it is one of the really, really cool places to play and watch a college basketball game. Sounds amazing. Um, and I have been to Mackey, and it's nuts in there, especially when it gets packed. Yeah. I will tell you a tidbit. Iowa, on the women's side, during their shoot-around, actually had time to talk about the band and, and say, hey, don't let them throw you off. They're going to try to count down and say there's like three seconds left on the shot clock when you have ten. Um, and it was fascinating to me that that was part of the pregame prep. Like, don't let the Purdue band um get you out of your rhythm i think that's the perfect segue now megan to bring you into this conversation we start with iowa right (laughs) Um, number one in the big 10 number two in the entire country right now caitlin clark continues to lead in points assists three-point what right now is at the top of your mind when it comes to the hawkeyes and, and caitlin clark specifically iowa looks like a final four team right now and I'm surprised that they've come together as quickly as they have. Yes, you return Caitlin Clark, the National Player of the Year, who does so many different things, not only from a scoring perspective, but also from an assist perspective, from a rebounding perspective, from a piece of play perspective. But now you have Molly Davis stepping up and knocking down shots. You have Gabby Marshall, who's starting to get her shot back from three. Kate Martin's been consistent from day one. She's able to score in double figures. And Hannah Stolke, who's incredibly difficult to guard because at her size, 6'2", when she gets into her two-man game action with Caitlin Clark, her first two steps off the screen are so quick. It's difficult as a bigger player to try to stay in front of her. She's getting wide open layups. Iowa's been able to find balance over the course of the last couple of games, and they look like a Final Four team. I don't know anybody in the league that can stop them right now. Ohio State is going to try on Sunday. 
on Peacock and NBC, uh, two ranked opponents going at it. Ohio State only has one loss in the Big Ten. What do they need to do to have a chance against the Hawkeyes? Ohio State has to try and turn Iowa over. Now, Caitlin Clark has been turnover prone throughout this season. Ohio State, one of the best teams when it comes to turning people over nearly 22 times a game because of the way that they press and execute in the half court. If they can force Iowa to play fasting out of control, that's going to be key. The Hawkeyes love to play fast. They score 92 points a game. They get up and down. But if you can force them to be a little helter-skelter with things, especially with the timing of traps and the help side defense coming over in the press, that would be huge for the Buckeyes. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Okay, so we're we're fully underway. I, I feel like our first couple episodes were so much of preview. We think this is going to happen, and now we've got some some things to go off of. So let's give out some individual accolades. Our thoughts right now of who uh, is impressing folks. I I'll start here. Um, I think I should have an apartment. I'm, I'm saying this to NBC publicly. I think I should have an apartment in Iowa City. So of course I'm going to have a Hawkeye on this list, and I want to start with Molly Davis, Megan. You brought her up, uh, her ability right now to be aggressive. They just want her to shoot the basketball when she's open against Indiana last weekend. She had 18 points, a couple of threes, and Caitlin Clark really was slow to go uh, to start this game, and Molly Davis really stepped up. And, and so she's got the ability. You've seen her score from the outside, and then to go through contact. This was an um, on a break uh, to go through contact and still finish to create her own shot. Um, I've just been really impressed with Molly Davis. I, I don't know if it's her work in the gym or that daggone headband that she won't get rid of, <laughs> um, but, but she's really been great. The second player um, just called the Iowa-Wisconsin game, and, yes, it was a blowout. 46 point win for Iowa, but Sarah Williams and her improvement from the first time that they played Iowa to the second time they played Iowa in December, Sarah Williams was in foul trouble, but, but this time I just felt like she handled some of the pressure, uh, of that Iowa defense differently. She was constantly doubled. You you see the block there. She leads the big 10 in blocks. Um, just her ability to time, up her presence down low. She finished with her fourth double-double of the season, 19 points, 14 rebounds. So those are the two players that are top of mind for me right now. There's so much talent um, in the Big Ten. Robbie, who who's standing out to you on the men's side? Well, I, I guess I have to go with the reigning National Player of the Year. You know, back-to-back 30-point games. It had 30 and 20 against Penn State, um, 20 rebounds. Actually, it's funny because Matt Painter, when I played, had a rule that if you got 20 rebounds, you could then wear a headband. <laughs> and that was the only oh. way that you were allowed to wear a headband. So Edie, I guess if he wants to, can now rock one, if that's still uh, still a thing in West Lafayette. And then he followed that right back up in Bloomington uh, with the 33 and 14 game. So you just look at his size, his skill, the way he moves, 
Um, you know, I'm not telling anyone that they don't anything that they don't know because he's obviously been thought of as a really good player for the last two seasons. Um, but funny because he's coming off a two game slump, you could say, where he averaged 12 and 11. And most players, if they average a double double over two games, are like, man, I'm I'm playing pretty good. <laughs> and while doing that, uh, was shooting 73 percent from the field. So he he had found foul trouble, which had kind of limited his impact in the Illinois and Nebraska games, but. He's gotten right back on track. He's going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, he's going to be the National Player of the Year again, I think it's safe to say. And he has just rolled on. And then my second pick is going to be Jameer Young. Um, he has had a monster December. Was actually seventh in the country in scoring in the month of December. Kind of fought the flu and a sprained ankle after Christmas, which I thought limited maybe his efficiency and his sharpness. But the last two games, you know, 28 at Illinois, 36 uh, at Northwestern last night in a really tough loss, but he has just done everything for this Maryland team. They, they've struggled to win on the road. So for them to go into Champaign and get a win, certainly they, they wanted to, to sweep this road trip. The, the Illinois swing for the Maryland Terrapins, uh, they stayed in Chicago where it is freezing cold. Um, but he, he's been awesome, and he's just lived at the basket. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be first-team All-Big Ten, and he has certainly played like it for the last month. All right. I like both of those. Uh, for the record, it is freezing everywhere. That's true. I cannot, like. I think this entire Maryland might be the place right now you'd want to go and jump in a pool because it's just having a heat wave. It's it's above, you know, zero degrees everywhere else in the Big Ten. is absolutely freezing. freezing. Um, Megan, who are your your two picks for this week? Oh, starting with uh, Bree McDaniel for Maryland, who. They just lost to Ohio State, but nonetheless, she has emerged as a really good scorer. Finished with 16 points in that Ohio State game. Her ability to get to the basket is incredible. She is not super tall, but she's so strong and quick, so she can finish with contact and she can finish off balance. But she has, does a great job, rather, of getting her shoulders square to the basket when she's finishing through contact. So she's really impressive in her sophomore year. Uh, Caitlin Clark has been fabulous throughout this season as well. Mackenzie Holmes is a player that has stuck out to me. 32 points uh, in their win over Minnesota. And somebody who has the quickest hips in America when it comes to posting down low in the on the block. She has every single post move in her back. She can pass out of double teams. She can hit that short corner jumper. If she can continue playing at a high level, it allows Indiana just to have more balance because they have so many different three-point shooters that have time and space to shoot. I think it goes without saying we would have, you know, both of us would have picked Caitlin Clark, but yeah. there, there is a lot of talent around the league. We talk, we talk about her so much, deservingly so, but there yeah. are other players in the Big Ten who deserve shout-outs. I agree. Okay, Robbie, I'm going to test your knowledge of uh, the conference right now. Where okay. is Megan sitting? What arena? Well, this is cheating because I already asked her. Oh. <laughs> but I think she's in State College. I believe she's at the Bryce Jordan Center. He, it's good to know that Robbie does listen when he asks questions, though, because right. he is correct. You as you can see, I will turn you here to the, to the logo on the floor. So yes. we, are, we are at Penn State, folks. Megan, I've got a restaurant recommendation for you there, though, if oh. you're looking for somewhere to eat. And I, it comes from my cousin who played football at Penn State, Sam Fick, and he was their kicker uh, like five years ago. The Allen Street Grill, really good. So if you're looking yeah, for a place, write that down. I go. well, I'm hungry and I have some time in between the game and shoot around. So Allen Street Grill, it is. Allen Street Grill, it is. Allen Street Grill, great thing. Is it acceptable to go to the creamery in the middle of January? 
Well, um, yeah. I think you just you just got to take it to your warm room <laughs> or your warm car. <laughs> just don't eat it outside. Yeah. But yes, I think it is. They have a, a peanut butter banana flavor at the creamery. That is, I mean, who does peanut butter banana? That's, I mean, Ben and Jerry says chunky monkey, but like the creamery yeah. does it right. Ooh, that's not, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a frozen treat. I never had a Carver cone and I was um, determined to get one mm-hmm. before our Iowa Wisconsin game the other day. They had raspberry soft serve. I know. I know and I got so it good. with chocolate. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Le Foot. <laughs> Stole our crunch! Quick, the zip line! He's getting away! Throw our last crunch berry! No! No one steals my crunch berries! I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. I mean, um, so now that we're on the, the uh, topic of things that just make us happy and bring us smalls. We're all on the road, right? We've got all these games. Um, we're everywhere. Sometimes we can't even remember what city we're in. What's something that keeps you going, your guilty pleasure on the road that is away from basketball? What do you, what do, you do, Robbie? You know, this has gone back to when I played overseas. So this is not just like a recent thing. But before I go to sleep, more often than not, I will throw on an episode of Entourage. <laughs> oh, that's Entourage. so good. It's and it's so because good. I've seen every episode like 10 times, and I really don't have to listen. I can just kind of like sort of doze off. Uh, but I, I, I love Entourage, and I am doing that most nights. I love that. And it's like the greatest character ever. Yes. And yes. we're just recycling episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, that's yes. a good one. <laughs> Megan. Go what about you? Well, funny enough, Zora Stevenson and I have been traveling together quite often, um, calling games for Peacock. She recommended to me a show that I just finished season one of, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Been all over it. It is uh, addicting. It is a guilty pleasure. I'm a big Vanderpump Rules gal. Um, love anything on Bravo, really, at this point. So that's been getting me through these flights and delays and cancellations is getting to see what Lisa Barlow is going to say on Salt Lake City. I'm always so embarrassed to say that I love reality television. I love the Housewives series, Potomac, uh, Atlanta. Salt Lake City is rather new. Um, and so I had to put my girl Megan onto it. They're in the, I'm really catching up on the reunion right now. But I found this is completely different than that. Recently, I found a kid's baking show. And it's like, oh. and it's these 12 and under kids that have a baking competition and it's so they they start crying if the the cake comes out too well done or they can't get the oven to work um and so i love like cooking shows and these poor kids it's just it's it's fascinating that they're nine years old and they can cook way better than me um so that's lately the thing and then on more like productive terms i am trying to read more in the new year new you new year new me and so uh i've been uh Trying to read. So right now I'm reading Trevor Noah's book, Border Crime. And oh, it's nice. it's I've really heard it's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Um, next game that you're calling in the Big Ten, Robbie. Uh, Wisconsin, Indiana on Friday. You know, Indiana has not actually won at Wisconsin since 2000. 
Bobby Knight oh was gosh. the head coach. So oh, big game for that. them. They need it for their NCAA tournament resume in a building where they have not had much success. And then who is Penn State taking on, Megan? Penn State is playing against Purdue. So going to be a fun one. Uh, people yeah. have seen Purdue on Peacock already against Iowa. So they got a lot of youth. Can they get it to gel with the upperclassmen? We will see. Okay. And then I've got uh, Iowa and Ohio State on Sunday. We will see. All right, team. It's been great. Thanks so much, everyone. Go big or go home. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> Crunch. 